we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the February 15th edition of the Sunday Side of Sports. It's time to climb between the ropes once again with our reigning prince of pugilistics, Namdi Hollywood Moeta. Namdi, welcome back to the show. Sonny, thanks for having me on. Give thanks to be back here with you. Namdi, February is Black History Month here in the USA, and I know your history with the sunny side of sports spans about 25 years, but if we go back before then, I also remember those verbal jabs you exchanged with the old sports emperor, Barry Mon on his program, Sports Journal. When did you have your first boxing report on The Voice of America? A very special month, Black History Month. Uh, for me personally, Black History is every day. My first fight, the emperor, Barry Mon, which I'm very... Uh, grateful for all he did for me. He sent me to the Olympic Auditorium to cover a South African flyweight fight, a Korean, at the Olympic Auditorium. And um, that was the first time ever to cover a fight. And right after that, I got hooked into the fight game and then I loved every minute of it. And why? that's why 40 years after, we're still kicking, jabbing, docking, <laughs> name it fight game for life and that's led me into managing fighters putting on shows promoting all kinds of events i am very grateful happy black history month to all our listeners worldwide namdi on april 1st former world heavyweight champion anthony joshua scheduled to be back in the ring against american jermaine franklin at the o2 arena in london AJ has a new trainer, Derek James. What can you tell us about this new trainer? Sonny, um, Anthony Joshua has a new trainer. And I would say this is the best of all the trainers that have trained Anthony Joshua, including his first trainer. Derek James is one of the best trainers in the fight game today. I'm sure you've heard of Errol Spence, Jamel Chalo, one of the Chalo brothers. So basically what I like about Derek James is he's a no-nonsense trainer. Uh, Anthony Joshua is in the gym, in camp with world champions. Anthony Joshua is not the top dog in camp. So no more big dog. It's my gym. I'm in control. Derek James will not put up with it. Uh, he has elite fighters, apart from these two world champions. Um, so Anthony Joshua is out of his comfort zone. Uh, the question now becomes, what kind of mindset will he have for this Jamin Franklin fight? Mind you, Sonny, it's a very dangerous fight. I don't believe in Anthony Joshua taking a fight like this coming off a back-to-back -back loss to Usyk. If I mismanage her, I'll bring what we call touch and go. Put a guy in front of him, 
bang, bang, bang the guys down and out. Fight is over in two, three rounds. Jermaine Franklin, an American, he can fight. So homeboy Anthony Joshua better be ready and be prepared. Talking preparation, Namdi, where is Anthony Joshua preparing for this bout against Jermaine Franklin? Sonny, uh, training camp is not the UK. It's not London. Training camp is Dallas, Texas, which means bro is out of his comfort zone. Um, Derek James will bring what we call seek and destroy fight style, which means don't lay back and look scared like you did in the past two who seek fight. Go for it. Go for the bro. You're a puncher. So uh, his confidence will be up. Him training around uh, Errol Spence, Jamel Chalo and all these elite fighters will really give him a boost he's never had before. And uh, mentally, he'll be prepared for this fight because he knows a loss against Jamin Franklin, which can happen, that's the end of Anthony Joshua. Nobody will take him serious anymore. So training camp out of the UK in the US, superb. A great trainer will show him. And from all the reports we're getting now from camp, Bro, he's been looking very, very, very good. But I still disagree with the fact that they p- picked Jermaine Franklin. That was the biggest mistake. He, d- he, he did not need this guy. This guy beat Dillian White, and everybody saw it, and they stole the fight from him. He's a very good fighter. He's what we call in the fight game a live dog. So this is not a fight whereby Anthony Joshua is going to come and blow this guy out. Anthony Joshua has to be really on top of his game for this fight. I'd like to see a victory for him, but a victory for him will really put him in a good position. Namdi, if AJ can score a good victory on April 1st, what do you think the rest of the year looks like in terms of his fight schedule? A good victory means going in there, destroying Jermaine Franklin. If that he looks really, really good, looks really sharp, he's in sync with his corner, he's in sync with his new trainer, then his next fight will be a rematch against Dillian White. Remember, he beat Dillian White before. And Dillian White beat Jamin Franklin. So that's going to come in summer. He beats Dillian White. Then the fight with Tyson Fury. Then the fight with Deontay Wilder. These are all mega fights. But victory April 1. And then summer fight with Dillian White rematch. Then towards the end of the year, the mega fight with Tyson Fury or Deontay Wilder. Then Anthony Joshua will be back in the game. But if he struggles with Jermaine Franklin or being dropped on the floor and then he turns around and blames his new trainer, we're not going to buy it. And that will be the end of Anthony Joshua, regardless of uh, what he got going outside the ring. Namdi, in Anthony Joshua's last fight, he lost to Alexander Usyk in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, and there was talk that Usyk would go up against Tyson Fury at that same Saudi Jeddah location, but the Saudi deal has fallen apart. What happened? Sonny, um, everybody was expecting huge mega money for the showdown in Saudi Arabia, but the Saudi government's brand new stadium in Jeddah will not be available for this fight, which means, remember, Anthony Joshua got $78 million for fighting Usyk in the rematch. So by not having this fight in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, 
they have no choice but to go back to the UK. And when back in the UK, there's no guarantee, Sonny. There's no 60, 70 million for you. So you have to go back to the negotiating table to renegotiate the contract, which means you have to take a serious pay card, you know. Uh, the big money from Saudi Arabia, that's, that's out. It's not happening. Uh, guaranteeing you 70 million from the Wembley fight, that's not, the money's not there. The figures are not there. So what do we do? Uh, we sit back and then recut the bread again so that uh, you, you will know that we're not talking 60 million, 70 million. We're talking about 10 million now with uh, you getting some backside money on the pay-per-view. Namdi, as you look at the money for Fury Usyk, what are the fighters asking for in terms of splits? Sonny, uh, remember these two guys are undefeated and they're all world champions. Um, Tyson Fury has one belt, which is a WBC, and uh, Usyk has three belts. So Usyk wants this deal to be a 50-50 deal. And Tyson Fury says, no, I want this deal to be 60 for Tyson Fury, 40 for you, because nobody really cares for you. I'm the one that's going to fill up the uh, Wembley Stadium. I'm the one that's going to go out there and really hype this fight. Uh, you're just a nobody. You're just a middleweight. He calls him a middleweight. So I want 60% of the share. You got 40. But Usyk and his team says, no, we want 50-50, which means that's a very good chance April 29 at Wembley Stadium will not, will not happen with Usyk, but Tyson Fury will still go ahead with that date and fight somebody else apart from Usyk. And the question becomes, what will happen to these guys if this April 29th date with them, don't, the unification fight, don't happen? If the unification fight doesn't happen, who are the possible opponents for Tyson Fury? A couple of scenarios we're looking at. Tyson Fury will may end up fighting Joe Joyce or fight Daniel Dubois or fight Francis Ngannou, former UFC heavyweight champion from Cameroon, mixed martial artist, what we call crossover fight. Muhammad Ali did that with Antonio Inokyo in Japan. But this will be a boxing match. And I bet you one thing, Sonny, this fight with Francis Ngannou and Tyson Fury is even bigger than Tyson Fury against Usyk. So um, these guys will go their way. Usyk will fight uh, Joe Joyce, and um, Tyson Fury may end up fighting Francis Ngannou. But there's not enough time. We're talking about April 29th. February is almost over. So I don't know. They may just pick somebody else and then build up to the Francis Ngannou fight or the fight with uh, Usyk in the future. Namdi, it sounds like you really want to see Tyson Fury fight Francis Ngannou. Personally for me, I would like to see Tyson Fury against Francis Ngannou from Betty, Cameroon. A crossover fight. Imagine the press conference with Ngannou and Tyson Fury. Imagine the hype. That is the fight I want to see. Usyk, nah, he doesn't bring that much with his style, and not after what he did to AJ two times. Tyson Fury against Francis Ngannou, crossover fight. That's what I want to see. That's what the MMA fi- fans, which is mixed martial arts fans, and boxing fans want to see. Mind you, his last title defense, I'm talking about Ngannou, they just gave him peanuts. They gave him 600000 
when he fights Tyson Fury, that's just training expenses, money. You're talking about homeboy from Cameroon going home with more than $20 million, Sonny. That fight belongs at the brand new stadium in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. Thanks, Namdi. That's Namdi Hollywood Moeta, our reigning prince of pugilistics. And we'll hear more hard-hitting boxing commentary from Namdi later this week, right here on the sunny side of sports. VOA Africa is your trusted source for news, sports, entertainment, and music. Stay engaged with VOA Africa. We love to hear your voice. You can call us 24-7 on WhatsApp and leave a message. Leave comments, requests, or greetings. We may play your message on VOA Africa. Dial the international code plus one. Then 202-258-3076. VOA Africa is always happy to hear your voice. The number again is the international code plus one. Then 202-258-3076. In European club football... AC Milan and Bayern Munich both posted 1-0 victories Tuesday in their first leg round of 16 UEFA Champions League matches. Bayern beat Paris Saint-Germain in the French capital, while AC Milan defeated visiting Tottenham. For analysis, Iron Mike Embonye spoke with the chief football writer at ACLSports.com. Fisayo Dairo. PSG versus Bayern Munich is actually the peak of this round in the UEFA Champions League. And I do think the game lived up to its billing at the Parc de Prince on Tuesday night. Yes, we expected a coming together of two top footballing clubs in Europe. And with the players on show, they did not disappoint us. Yes, we could say there were not many goals on offer. Because when two big guns come together, we know that it's always a tactical battle. And then um, it's also a coming together of the two finalists of the UEFA Champions League in 2020. And that night, the game was decided by a long goal by Kingsley Coman. And it's the same Paris-born player that scored on Tuesday night for the away side to go into the second leg at the Allianz Arena in Germany with a very solid advantage. Having said that, I think, like I said earlier, it lived up to the to its bailing PSG were totally outclassed in the first half by undominated proceedings, but the hosts seemed to wake up in the second half and they had some good chances that could have counted for something. They also had a goal marginally disallowed for offside by Kylian Mbappe. So those are some of the things we subscribe, subscribe for. These are some of the things that the fans do enjoy in the UEFA Champions League and we are indeed very excited that it came back to us, especially on St. Valentine's Day. AC Milan defeated Tottenham Hotspur in another game at the San Siro. What's your take on the game? The result of Milan's game against Tottenham at the San Siro on Tuesday is a little surprising because not many will have expected Italians to run away with a 1-0 win. But perhaps that's the product of what both teams got at the weekend in their respective leagues. Because prior to those weekend's games, 
Both teams had had contrasting fortunes. Tottenham had won three games on the bounce before a Kelechi Anacho-inspired performance for Leicester City tore them apart 4-1 at the King Power Stadium. And then for AC Milan, they had lost three games in a row before edging out Torino 1-0 at the weekend. Now those were the results that were maintained on Tuesday night. Perhaps Tottenham could say that in the absence of some of their top midfielders, likes of Pere Emir, Emil Oiberg, Rodrigo Bentanko, Yves Bissouma, Maybe it's resulted in uh, their lack of cohesion in midfield per se, but Milan deserved their win. They got the, the lead very early through Brian Diaz and they did not look back from there. Rafael Leao was in a good form, the Portuguese international. And in the end, um, having come second to Chelsea in, during the group stage, they will be delighted that at least they, they claim his cup of a London side. But there's still plenty to play for in that game when a return leg is held at uh, the London Stadium. Fesayo, in the two UEFA Champions League round of 16 first leg games played on Tuesday, were there African scorers or were there African players that assisted their teams to win the games? There was not much in terms of representation and influence of the African contingent on the UEFA Champions League games on Tuesday night. Perhaps we get to experience more of that as the competition progresses. But at the Parc de Prons, at winners Bayern Munich were able to call on their Cameroonian star, Maxim Chipumoting, to lead the attack in that 1-0 win over PSG. And he didn't do quite badly in the 76 minutes he spent on the pitch. And Bayern were actually without their talismanic Senegalese forward, Sadio Mane, who is still out injured and has missed like the last six games or thereabouts now. The losing side had um, Akimi Atraf of Morocco, Starting for them at right back, although he had to bow out at half time, perhaps due to injury, because the right back is just recuperating from an injury. Um, but at the San Siro, we had a Senegalese star in action for Tottenham Hotspur. His name is Pape Matassar. Like I mentioned earlier, Tottenham were without three of their regular midfielders, and uh, Antonio Conte handed a debut, a Champions League debut, to Sar who really covered himself in glory. He was actually one of the better players for Tottenham in, in that game. So hopefully, um, as the time goes on, he gets to play more games, not only for Tottenham, but also in the UEFA Champions League. And later in the Champions League, we get to see more Africans. On Wednesday, the likes of Club Brugge of Belgium and Chelsea's um, of England will also be in action. There are lots of Africans expected to be involved in those games. That's Fisayo Dairo, the chief football writer at ACLSports.com. And Fisayo spoke with Iron Mike Mbonye on the telephone from Port Harcourt, Nigeria. Sporty greetings. This is Fisayo Dairo, chief football writer at ACLSports.com. And you are listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. You can follow the sunny side of sports on Facebook, Twitter, and at voaafrica.com. My Facebook address is facebook.com forward slash voasunny. My Twitter handle is at voasunnysports. 
And if you go to voaafrica.com, you can listen online to the Sunny Side of Sports and other VOA programs. Check out voaafrica.com. Pro basketball in a matchup of the NBA's Eastern Conference leaders. The Milwaukee Bucks beat the visiting Boston Celtics 131-125 to in overtime. It was the 11th consecutive victory for the Bucks. The AP's Chuck Freeman reports from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. The Celtics were missing several of their frontline players, still took the Bucks to overtime before the Bucks prevailed 131-125. Bucks guard Drew Holiday had 40 points, including the go-ahead three-pointer with 25 seconds left in the OT. It wiped out the Celtics' five-point lead. We know that, that five minutes is going to be a long time, and we're always going to have a chance to come back. But I just think concentrating down the stretch. I wouldn't say that we necessarily turned it on. Uh, we had a couple of good shots there and missed them. Sam Hauser sent the game to OT with a three in the closing seconds of regulation. Boston played without All-Stars Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and a few others. Chuck Freeman, Milwaukee. Thanks, Chuck. With the victory over the Celtics, the Bucks moved to within a half game of the Celtics in the Eastern Conference standings. The Celtics now have a record of 41 wins and 17 losses. The Bucks right behind them with 40 victories and 17 defeats. Giannis Antetokounmpo had another great all-around game for the Bucks on Tuesday night. Giannis tallied 36 points. 13 rebounds and 9 assists. Speaking after the game, Giannis said he's not really concerned about Milwaukee's playoff seeding. Whatever we finish in the regular season, I, I personally don't care. All I care about is building good habits, playing the best basketball we can play as a team, defend the best way. And uh, hopefully we can put ourselves in a position to win. Elsewhere around the NBA Tuesday night, the Phoenix Suns beat the Sacramento Kings. As we hear now from the AP's George Tanner in Phoenix. Devin Booker led the way with 32 points. DeAndre Ayton added 29 points and 11 rebounds. As the Suns defeated the Kings 120-109, to it was their fifth win in their last six outings. Booker says he's feeling stronger after missing 21 games with a left groin strain. You know, after the first week, it's kind of like, I'm here now, let's get the most out of it. So a lot of strength training, a lot of leg work, and, you know, tonight I could feel, I feel really good. Chris Paul had a season-high 19 assists and 17 points for the Suns, who are now 32-27. and 27. De'Aaron Fox had 35 to lead the Kings. Their record falls to 32-25. and 25. George Tanner, Phoenix. Thanks, George. The three other winners on Tuesday night in the NBA were the Los Angeles Clippers, the Toronto Raptors, and the Washington Wizards. Sporty greetings. This is Masai Ujiri, the president of Toronto Raptors Basketball, president of Giants of Africa Foundation. You are listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. More European club football news. Arsenal and Manchester City are getting ready for a big English Premier League showdown this evening. VOA's Gwen Uten explains why the gunners of Arsenal are angry heading into the match. 
Sporty greetings, Gwen. Sporty greetings, Sunny. Arsenal and Manchester City are currently locked in a tight race for the Premier League title. Wednesday's match will be a crucial one for leaders Arsenal. The Gunners are now only three points ahead of second place Man City with a game in hand, but a defeat on Wednesday could cost them the number one spot. Arsenal are just coming off a one-one draw against Brentford that cost. The Gunners are controversial two points in the title race. During that match, Brentford's Ivan Tony netted a goal in the second half that evened the score. However, a later review determined that the VAR official forgot to draw offside lines, and the goal should have been disallowed. The equalizer was ultimately deemed a VAR mistake, and acknowledged by the league officiating group Professional Game Match Officials Limited as a quote significant. Significant error. The group issued Arsenal an apology and explained that human error was to blame for the incorrect VAR decision. But on the eve of his clash with Man City, Arsenal head coach Mikel Arteta said, while he appreciates the apology, he wants his two points back. I will be only satisfied if they give me the two points back, which is not going to be the case. I appreciate, and I think they were really sincere, open, and genuine. Um, apologies and explanation, which is really good,、um, but it doesn't take the fact that do we have two less points that we should have on the table. Arsenal have been winless in their last three matches, including a one-nil FA Cup defeat to Manchester City in January. Now, following Saturday's VAR blunder, Arteta says there's huge anger fueling his players ahead of Wednesday's vital Premier League clash. Yeah, we ended the game after after analyzing the,、um, all the evidence that we had on the images with a huge anger and disappointment.、Um, Because that wasn't a human error. That was a, a beast, a big, 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 not conceiving and understanding your job, and、um, and that's not acceptable. I'm sorry, and that cost Arsenal two points, and、uh, that's not going to be restored. So we're going to have to find those two points somewhere else、um, in the league. But at the same time, we appreciate the apology. We appreciate explanations, which were really open to be fair. And we got a lot of sympathy from a lot of colleagues in the industry, in football, that they are talking that that we cannot play with the integrity of the game in the way that we do,、um, and that's it. And we have to move on.、Um, that certainly has made the players, the staff, and our fans even stronger, and with more desire to to pass this、um, hurdle that they put on us. So we are ready for it. Manchester City is facing a controversy of its own off the pitch. The Premier League has charged the club with over 100 alleged financial fair play breaches from 2009 to 2018. An investigation into the charges is currently underway. Meanwhile, Man City managed to lift themselves out of a recent mini slump on the pitch on Sunday with a 3-1 Premier League victory over Aston Villa. The defending champ. Champions now head to Emirates Stadium, where they hope to close their league gap for the top spot with another win on Wednesday. Manager Pep Guardiola's side defeated Arsenal in the FA Cup fourth round last month, and Guardiola says because of that match, he knows his upcoming opponents, led by his former assistant coach Mikel Arteta, 
will be tough to beat. Bayris, so far, is the best team in the Premier League. We make an incredible first round, uh, first leg of the league. So we felt it a few weeks ago. We play a fair cup here. How commitment, uh, sharp, and and everything. And uh, yeah, we have to try to read the game we're going to play. It will be a, a big, big battle in in any departments, and you have to be you have to be you have to be ready. Man City have won four Premier League titles in the last five seasons under Pep Guardiola and are vying for their third consecutive crown. Meanwhile, Arsenal are seeking to clinch their first Premier League title in 19 years. And that is all for me, Sonny. Back over to you. Thanks, Gwen. That's my VOA colleague, Gwen Uten. Finally, a football game in Moldova will be played in an empty stadium Thursday amid concerns about alleged Russian-backed attempts to overthrow the national government. UEFA, European football's governing body, says no fans will be allowed in the stadium when Sheriff hosts the Serbian club Partizan in the first leg of a Europa Conference League knockout playoff. The announcement came one day after Maya Sandu, the president of Moldova, described an alleged Russian plot against her country's government. And that wraps up the February 15th edition of the show. Thank you for tuning in. I'm VOA Sonny Young in Washington, and that's the sunny side of sports. Get it.